We're back. Another episode of the Defend and Confirm podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Russell. And we are continuing on in our series on church planting movements. The first episode in our series was on what what are church planting movements. Go back and listen to that if you haven't. Then we did two episodes dealing with the history of church planting movements. How, how do we get to the place where so many missionaries and missions agencies and churches are, are practicing these things? And today, we're actually going to take a little bit of a detour, right? That's right. Um, our plan was to jump right into uh, our critique of church planting movements. Uh, but in light of some of the feedback that we've gotten from the first three episodes, uh, we think we need to pause and, uh, and address some of that feedback, which is uh, somewhat atypical of us. We're not really in the business of listening to what people on the internet have to say about our podcasts. And then coming back and, and picking a fight with them and using an, an entire episode to say, uh-uh, we're right, you're wrong. Uh, but there's something about the the nature of the feedback that we've gotten about the first three episodes that we thought uniquely merited a response, yeah. right? So, Russell, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, the first thing I'd say is is we're not really going back and saying, well, you said we're wrong. Here's all the reasons we're actually right. Yeah. What we've noticed is a pretty interesting phenomenon. What we have is a whole bunch of private messages and Facebook comments and YouTube comments, which we normally get yeah. from our episodes. Some uh, positive, some negative. Some positive, some, some negative. But in this particular series, there is a split. Mm. And this split, there's two spectrums here, two, two ends of the same spectrum. Okay. We have a bunch of people saying, hey, I used to be involved in this multiplying movement stuff. I was a missionary with the IMB. You guys are nailing it. Mm -hmm. Everything you're saying, it's what they taught. I got uncomfortable with it. I had to get out and they blackballed me because I disagreed. Yeah, thank you for speaking up. Yeah. yeah. On the other end, we have people who are saying same thing. They got the same credentials. I was, okay. a, I was a missionary or I'm using these methods all over the United States. You're misrepresenting church planting movements, disciple making movements. Yeah. None of my friends believe any of the stuff that you're saying from these quotes, from these authors. Mm -hmm. uh, this is just not what we do as movement practitioners. So really they're saying that we've set up a straw man. Yeah. That we've, we've set up a caricature of what church planting movements are just so that we can tear it down and look good on the internet. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what's so interesting about this is is that split, is yeah. that we can get two different groups of people with similar backgrounds, experienced groups of Christians who are looking at our podcast series and saying, that's exactly right, that's what I saw, mm -hmm. or that's nothing like what I saw. And and we think that we can, in this episode, explain that split. That's okay? right. And so let's just start with uh, the idea that we think that both camps are telling the truth. Yeah, I don't right. think anyone's being dishonest with us. Yeah. But that doesn't mean one camp isn't a little confused. A little, a lot. Maybe a lot confused. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we want to explain why we're seeing this split. And, and the 10,000 foot answer to this is really simple. Yeah. You have missionaries and evangelists who've read the original source material on church planting movements and disciple making movements, took all of it, the theology that came with it, and they ran with it. Mm -hmm. And they taught other people that stuff. And then you have another group that's maybe heard about multiplying movements secondhand, yeah. or they learned it from someone who had really kind of temp tempered down some of the, the weird theology and some of the egregious statements of the yeah. original authors and kind of repackaged it in a more yeah. palatable way and, and then taught it to others. And so that second group actually just doesn't recognize the quotes that we're sharing because they've never read that original source material. Yeah, so using some of the same semantic language, yeah. right? But not at all meaning the same thing by it. Yes. 
Um, and this is not unique to church planning movements. If you go back and listen to our series on critical race theory, we address this there. Um, yeah, it, it's it's easy for there to be a lack of clarity when you use some of the same words but rob them of their meaning. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yes. Okay. Uh, but let's address from Scripture why we're so concerned uh, to to seek clarity for the sake of of these conversations. Um, Ephesians chapter five verses six through eleven, Paul says, "Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true." And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So, Russell, are we saying that anybody who does church planning movements is in the darkness and we need to expose their evil works? Is that what we're trying to say here? We are not saying that if, if you are a movement practitioner, that you are one of the sons of disobedience. Okay, That is all not right. the point. You may so, be, but that's not what we're saying. But that's not what we're saying. Yeah. The, the principle here is that if we are trying to discern what's pleasing to the Lord, if we are trying to make sure we're not taking part in unfruitful works of darkness and instead exposing them, we have to be very clear with definitions. Mm -hmm. We have to be very clear with categories. We have to use clarity as the sword that divides between what is dark and what is light. And that can't happen if we have one group using the term church planting movement to mean one thing yeah. and another group using it to mean an entirely different thing. So let's let's step out of the realm of church planning movements for a moment and think about this same phenomena in a different context. Let's do a little thought experiment. Uh, Russell, you thought of a great one, uh, Black Lives Matter. And we're using that as an example because we like to stay on the safe. We don't want to veer into any controversy. Right. So, so let's use the non-controversial example of Black Lives Matter. Uh, take it away, Russell. Yeah, so uh, Black Lives Matter. They do. I agree. Yes. Okay. And many Christians will say exactly what you just said, it, depending entirely upon how they understand that slogan, that yeah. phrase. So some Christians will wear t-shirts that say Black Lives Matter or attend a Black Lives Matter rally and show support mm -hmm. for the movement, for the phenomena that is Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Uh, and the reason they'll do that is they're literally they're hearing these words that are this just morally self-evident. Yeah. Like, of course, Black people's lives matter. Yeah. That that meshes perfectly with Christian theology. You yeah. know, every image bearer of God has inherent dignity and value and worth. Uh, and so they see this as a rallying cry for the Imago Dei. And How a, could we ever not say these words? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we would agree with everything they think, but mm -hmm. we would disagree with their assessment of what that phraseology means. Okay. Uh, and the reason we would disagree with that is that because Black Lives Matter is not just a random assembling of English words. It okay. is a slogan and it is an organization that has meaning behind it that's often hidden from those who hear those words because it, it, the name of this organization is this moral platitude. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually the genius of the movement is that it's an entire worldview smuggled in, intentionally or otherwise. Yeah, and what is that Smuggled into a slogan. Well, it's Marxism, right? Yeah. It's, it's anti-Christian, it promotes racial division. It champions LGBTQA plus ZYK ideology. It supports communist regimes they literally like with just Cuba. Came out in support of Cuba. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it wants to destroy the nuclear family. Right. It's it's the the people who founded it said, "Yeah, we're trained Marxists. Did you not know that?" Right. Uh, and so 
so okay, so let's now let's bring it back around. Right. So, so some Christians would just hear Black Lives Matter and say, "This is just a rallying cry for injustice," and because it's a truth we believe, we can say it. But we would push back on that and say, "Yeah, well, imagine we did a podcast series." And we started quoting the founders of Black Lives Matter, mm. reading from their website, talking about their agenda, their anti-Christian, pro-communism attitudes and, and vision for society. Uh, you would have Christians who came back and said, you're misrepresenting Black Lives Matter because that's not what me or any of my friends think about it. And we would say, sorry, sorry, <laughs> you, you may not believe that the nuclear family should be done away with. But it, I mean, they cleaned up their website recently, but up until like two years ago, yeah. that was one of the main things that they pushed. Right. right? And so the, the real question here is, do we allow an organization and a paradigm and an ideology like that to define itself? Or do we just get to define it however we feel? Right. Yeah. So when, when somebody says church planting movements, right, somebody who is not at all familiar with David Garrison or all the trade trademark terminology and, and the history in India, they may go, church planting movements, right. all of those three words are good. They're even yeah. better together, right? Right. Uh, but you don't get to detach that phrase from what it means in seminaries and missions organizations yeah. in 10,000 places in India, right? Yeah, and, and that's, that's a very important point, which is to say that we're not dealing with a generic term. Like a category like missions is so broad that there's going to be stuff in missions that we don't really like. Yeah. And there's some stuff in missions that we think is really biblically faithful, mm-hmm. but we're not going to, we're not going to say, well, you're doing missions a way we don't like, therefore we're abandoning the term missions. Yeah. Church planting movements is not like that. No. This is a trademarked branded term penned by the progenitor, David Garrison. The yeah. same is true of disciple making movements with David Watson. And if you have any questions about this, go out and try and publish a book called Church Planting Movements and watch how fast you get a cease and desist from his lawyers. Yeah. This is not a generic missiological term. This is a very unique and very specific paradigm that he has packaged and he has taught uh, for 20 years now. Yeah. So let's get back to that feedback we've been receiving from people, right? Some of the people who are most upset with us, who feel like we're slandering them, like we're building a straw man, they think that because in their mind, when they hear church planning movements or multiplying movements, or when they hear us describe certain methodologies, they they say, oh, I don't believe any of that stuff yes. you're saying. And we just say, you may not believe it, but that is what you're part yeah. of. But now here's a, a necessary clarification. It's not just you're semantically appropriating this language. It's also that the methodology that you're practicing is loaded up with all of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And so, what we're, can we can we come back to that in yeah, a second? Yeah, I got ahead of us. No, that's all right. So the reason I want to pause is because I've actually gotten to talk to some of our listeners, uh, even one guy locally who's head of the No Place Left Huntsville organization, just sat down, grabbed coffee, and we talked about this. Uh, when I ask these brothers, what do you think it means to be a movement practitioner? The kind of answers I get are somebody who's intentional about making disciples, somebody who's intentional about equipping those disciples to be able to go out and make their own disciples and to plant churches, uh, and an emphasis on methods that'll make sure that happens. I think I agree with Every one of those That is points. literally yeah. just should describe every faithful Christian. Yeah. So now we're back to taking the label church planting movement, pulling away from that what is just 
normal Christian behavior. And then calling and, that and then church keeping planting. the yeah. same label. Yeah. When church planting movements, church planting methodology from David Garrison, disciple making movements, they mean so much more. And the things that they mean are such are so much more insidious than mere Christian faithfulness in making disciples. This is exactly what we said on the critical race theory series, right? You can strip critical race theory down to where it only means I oppose racism and say, how can anyone be against critical race theory? And we'll just say, yeah, that's actually not what that is. Right. And, and you actually don't get to change that because it, it has historically meant this. So, Well, and the progenitors of critical race theory would look at that and say, yeah, that's not what we meant. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and in a very similar way, the David Garrisons and the uh, the David Watsons and all these other guys who are the gurus behind these methodologies, they would look at a brother who said, well, I'm just being intentional about making disciples. And they'd say, that's good, but that's not what I teach. No, no, I no. teach way more. Check a very out. specific way to be intentional. Precisely. Yeah, to carry out that intentionality. And a number of theological assumptions behind it. Yeah, that's right. So just to summarize, um, just as with Black Lives Matter, we want to make sure that we are allowing the progenitors of ideas to define what those ideas mean. Yeah. And that's important for clarity. It's important for us to be faithful. It's important so that, I mean, you may call yourself a church planting movement practitioner and not agree with half of what David Garrison teaches or David Watson teaches, and yet you may unintentionally be encouraging brothers to go out and find those resources and, and follow them completely. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you may be thinking to yourself, well, uh, Russell, words can mean all kinds of things. You know, shouldn't shouldn't we take English uh, isn't a dead language, yeah, right? Sh yeah. Shouldn't we just allow these terms to change meaning as over the years people adopt parts of these practices and kind of manipulate them so they're more palatable? And to that, I would just say you would never accept that argument in any other instance. Give us an instance. Okay, so when an atheist says I reject Christianity because Christianity teaches blah, 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 uh, you know, child abuse mm -hmm. and the patriarchy and genocide. And, yeah. and we would say, actually, you don't get to define Christianity. Yeah. Um, the crusaders that you're citing as slaughtering Muslims yeah. don't get to define Christianity. Yeah. Jesus and his apostles get to define Christianity through scripture. Uh, we would say the same thing of the term evangelical. Okay. Um, you know, the term evangel evangelical really just means gospel-believing Christian. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and yet today that term has gotten to mean a lot of other things, particularly of, of secular critics. Yeah, a, a white block of American voters. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And many of whom don't even believe in God. Yeah, right. Uh, and so we would say, you don't get to take our word and change it into something else. Mm -hmm. We're going to fight for that as the progenitors of that term you know, Christians get to define it. Yeah. And so we would think our listeners would agree with that, and we're just asking you to be consistent. Yeah. So back to the point you made. Okay. The, the point is, we're not just trying to get you to clean up your language and put the right labels on the right boxes. No, that right? would help. That would help. And in, in many ways, that's the first step, right? Yeah. We have to clarify our terms before we can have a productive conversation. But we also want uh, our listeners to understand uh, that even if you change your terminology and you still practice some of these tools, these tools... Uh, exists the way that they do for theological reasons. Yes. It's yeah. the theology that gives them the shape that they're in. That's right. And yeah. it's bad theology. Yeah. If, if you think about like uh, the mold to create the wrench, right? Mm -hmm. The the mold that creates the tool in your toolbox for the way you are doing missions is is casted 
it's it's cast by someone who has a particular theological vision, a, a particular understanding of conversion, a particular understanding of how you should evangelize in light of that understanding of conversion. And yeah, it, these tools are not neutral. That's right. So yeah. so if you're listening to this and you think, okay, but I'm a big fan of obedience-based discipleship, mm. like what David Watson teaches, or the person of peace model, like T for T teaches, uh, or the various different discipling curriculums you can get from No Place Left. Remember that these tools, though you may not be intentionally adopting the theological values of a guy like Jeff Sundell or David Watson, like you're not going to believe the same thing he believes about uh, Matthew 24 and that we can bring Jesus back through our missionary efforts. You yeah. just you reject that. Well, you're still using tools he developed because he did believe that. Mm-hmm. And those tools two generations removed from him, more downstream from him, don't lose. If the tool was miscast in the first place, yeah. it's going to be used and it's going to be used poorly, right? That's right. Maybe a better way to say it is, uh, even if you don't believe all that stuff about the root, it's still going to bear bad fruit. That's right. And so what we hope is in our next couple episodes, we're going to really dive into the practical tools that so many people are familiar with from these movements yeah. uh, and, and show where the theology informs them and how that leads to bad fruit. Mm, that's going to be good, man. So in summary, if you are listening to or watching our episodes and your blood pressure is just going up and you're like, that's not me, that's not us. Caps lock. <laughs> right. We don't believe that. That's nonsense. Uh, we would just want to encourage you to to consider uh, that you may be downstream from stuff that you don't necessarily understand. And yep. uh, we would, in, in all humility, encourage you to listen to what we're saying here so that you can have a better understanding. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good encouragement. And I would just add to that the charge that we are misrepresenting these right. methodologies. Um, one of us is... Me, me or you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, if you're looking around and you you believe you practice these methodologies, you call yourself a disciple-making movement practitioner, and the things we're saying sound so foreign to you that you can say we're setting up a straw man, there's a really good chance you're misrepresenting what these things actually teach. That's a good point. Yep. So, and, and that's a good place to end. End on a there? on a strong note, my friend. Uh, next next episode, we're going to be back with part one of our critique of church planning movements. That's right. Signing off for defend and confirm. I'm Sean. I'm Russell. Goodbye. <laughs>